You are listening to The Airing Cupboard, the podcast where the extraordinary stories of ordinary people get an airing. Phew, that's a mouthful. Welcome back to The Airing Cupboard. I know. We haven't seen each other for a while. <laughs> you must have been out doing a bit of pierogging. Mm, yeah, I know it's been it's been quite a long time. Well, you you had deserted the airing cupboard for different reasons, but here we are. It's nice to see you in there. You're feeling nice and comfortable. Mm. Yeah. So what's been happening? What's been happening? Well, it was quite interesting actually. Just a few days ago, I was sitting in the kitchen early morning, and I was looking around me and looking at my house and realizing how tired the whole thing looks and I was thinking gosh come on Zoe you probably need to get on and redecorate this place and and I thought maybe it's time for me to wrap up the Eric Herbert series one and start again in the spring and try to free some some time to actually look after things that needs to be looked after at home and I'm sitting there on my little bench with my cup of coffee next to me looking around thinking that and my phone pinged pinged Bang. Ping, ping it. And my phone pinged <coughs> it. Ping panged. And my phone ping panged. Mm. Anyway, this message came through from this person who is in hospital right now, um, receiving chemotherapy. That person was just saying to me how much those stories have become a bit of a lifeline, that those stories help her to relax in the evening, block out all the noise from the hospital, and help her to drift off to sleep and relax. And I just thought, huh, funny again, you know, life tells you exactly what you should be doing at the right time. And so I'm not wrapping up yet the series number one for the Arinka, but and we are back into the Arinka, but together. Oh, good. Yes. So this story is actually for this person. So what's, uh, what's, what have you got to tell us? It's a story that um, I got over a table uh, last weekend in Aberdeen. Mm. We were up in Scotland and, and it's a story that this, this man told me quite quickly. So I have to be honest and some of the details will have passed through my own filters of emotion. This story happened at a time of his life where things were a little bit difficult for him. He had just come out of a messy divorce three years before. His wife had decided that life wasn't what she wanted anymore and sadly his two teenage children had gradually moved away from him and he had very little contact, seldom visits. They didn't really seem to really want him in their lives anymore. He realized also that he had very little friends. During the 20 years marriage he had concentrated on work and his wife was the one who had been organizing their social life. And when she left him, the friends also left with her. Everyone had moved on really and he had stayed behind. He was bitter and angered for the first year or two, but that also had gone. And he was now left with very little, but a shrinking life. Just work really. He had uh, recently moved in a flat in a large house in the old part of Glasgow. And it must have been only a day or two after he had moved in that he saw him for the first time. 
a very old man. Or, or was he really old? He's not sure, but he was moving like a very old man, helped by a walking stick. He was impeccably dressed in a tweed suit and his brogue polished to perfection and reflecting in the spring morning. He was walking ever so slowly on the pavement below his apartment. And two or three feet in front of him was his dog, no lead. He couldn't really say what type of dog it was. It was a mix between many dogs, the body of a Labrador, the tail and ears of a Springer, the beard and eyebrows of a terrier. But what was very peculiar about this dog was the pace of its walk. He walked so slowly. The movement of his forelegs was so slow, as if he had perfectly adapted his pace to the pace of its owner. Every so often, the dog, still moving slightly faster than the old man would stop, turn his head around as to saying, all okay? And then when level with the man, he would start his slow motion again. The pair was truly mesmerizing and the man in the apartment could not take his eyes off them. The next morning, at the exact same time, he was standing at the window in his apartment with a cup of tea and there they went again. The old man and his dog and they slow tender walk. From that moment, every weekend, he watched them pass in front of his apartment window. There seemed to be so much love and tenderness between this man and his dog. It touched him and he found himself looking forward to their slow dance. One day, on a sunny summer morning, he decided to go downstairs and drink his cup of tea on the stone steps of the house. Of course, he was half hoping to strike a conversation with the old man and maybe feel the softness of the dog's hair. Although they were both very unaware of this, they had become part of his life. And they arrived, approaching him slowly. As they reached him, he was wondering what to say and how to start. But he should not have worried about it because the old man started speaking to him. And he spoke to him as if they had always known each other. They spoke about the weather, the benefits of a well-brewed cup of tea, and of course, they spoke of its dog. He was called Alf, Alf Dog. He wasn't nearly as old as he had assumed, and the old man explained how his daughter had given it to him as a puppy a few months after the death of his wife. How she had died six years before and how he was missing her every day. How he had met her on the bench of the faculty at the University of Glasgow when they were both so young. And how she lit up a room with her warm energy and how life was empty without her. They chatted for a very long time, as if they both desperately needed it. All the time that they spoke, the dog laid down at his feet, every so often turning his face to his master. From that day, they often talked or walked together. 
and they became firm friends. The old man's heart wasn't very strong and when he had spells in hospital, he would then ask him to walk Alfdog. He remembers the very first time he had to walk him. He was expecting a very slow walk, but it wasn't the case. Alfdog went out of the door trotting and embracing his space as if he had never walked at a different rhythm. He was astonished. One day, the phone rang. It was his old friend's daughter. He liked her voice. It was as clear as a highland stream. But she was bearing bad news. Her father had been taken into hospital overnight. It wasn't very good. His heart was tired, so tired. And he was tired. They couldn't do very much for him. She lived in Boston in the United States and she was going to fly back to Glasgow as soon as she possibly could. But she was worried about the dog. Maybe he could go and see him and walk him and feed him. She was very sorry to have to ask him, but really, he was the only friend that her father had given her the number for. So he first went into the hospital to see his friend and then he realized that he was peacefully and happily drifting somewhere else. When he left, he went to his house, he found the key hidden just where she had said it was and he took Alfdog for a walk. But he wasn't his happy self. His head was hanging lower as he walked and his bushy eyebrows were framing a sad look in his eyes. He came morning and night to walk him and feed him but his tail wasn't wagging anymore. On the third evening the bell rang so he opened the door and Although it was dark outside, it was like the sunshine coming through the door. His old friend's daughter, a little woman with a cascade of red curls and very dark brown eyes. They had spoken, of course, but they had never met. She extended her hands to shake his and hers was soft and warm, like the look on her face. She wanted to let him know that she had arrived and she was going to take care of Alf Dog when she wasn't with her father at the hospital and that she was grateful for all he had done and she was going to let him know how her father was doing. He saw her again once or twice at the hospital when he was visiting him. There was something special about that girl. A lot of vibrancy, like a great cauldron brewing with life. Within the week, the old man, his old friend, passed away discreetly. His passing was going to leave a real void in his life, but he knew he was where he had wanted to be. He had had a good life and his daughter was consoling herself in the feeling that maybe he might now be reunited with his wife, her mother, that he had missed so badly for those past years. They spent quite a few evenings together in the two weeks that preceded the funeral. They had a lot in common. They spoke about their lives, their failed marriages, their children, their childhood that strangely was spent very close to one another. They laughed, she cried, maybe 
he cried also. Those evenings were magical. As they sat in the old man's kitchen, sharing pots of teas and stories together. During the silences in the conversation, all he could hear was the dog's tail wagging against the foot of the table and his heartbeat, so loud that he thought that even she could hear it. On the Sunday morning following the funeral, she came rushing at his door. She couldn't find Alf Dog. She had looked all around the neighborhood. He was nowhere to be seen. So he threw a coat over his back and came out with her, looking for him. They walked and walked and called him. He was nowhere. And as they walked, that took them almost naturally to the cemetery, where his old friend, her father, had been put to rest two days before. And there, they saw him, Alf Dog. He was lying down, not far from the grave, quietly. As they approached him, he felt the weight of her shoulder against his arm and her hand looking for his. Alf Dog looked up. He saw them and wagged his tail happily, making the autumn leaves dance around him. And in his hand, hers felt soft and pulsing and warm and was full of promises. the story. Quite a touching tale. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So as I said, I think some of the details are not even close to to what this gentleman had told me because he just literally told me his story over the table in a in in a pub in Aberdeen. And I hope that when he listened to this he will be happy with the way I saw his story. Mm. Circle of life. The circle of life, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is that tomorrow is the 1st of October. And for the listeners that might remember the story of the three musketeers, I am quite excited because tomorrow I'm going to be sending the link to the third musketeer and I can't wait to hear his reaction to his story for his birthday. Uh, maybe we'll get some follow-up from that next week. You never know, that would be good. Okay, well thank you very much, Phil. Another little tale from the airing cupboard. You're so welcome, I'm glad you're back in here with me. <laughs> <laughs>